0: know that it's possible to survive the boss from hell without quitting your job or selling your soul? Hi, my name is Ken Williams and I'm a certified life coach and a master of connecting with people. I've had a lot of bad bosses because who hasn't? And I'm the host of the Bad Boss Podcast, a podcast where we explore ways to improve relationships at work so that you can survive the boss from hell. So join me as we delve into the ins and outs of working with people that you never wanted to be friends with. If you're hoping to reduce your work stress and increase your job satisfaction when it seems impossible, this is the podcast for you. Get ready to discover the power of untoxic positivity and learn how to survive the boss from hell. And as I talked about last week, this week we are talking about the law of the lid. And the thing that's really interesting to me is that... (laughs) As I've had um, a lot of exposure to a lot of uh, positive thinking type of things, I have never heard of the Law of the Lid. This is something I heard on a podcast, and I um, think, I don't remember the name of the person, uh, Peterson is his last name, I believe, from the Leading Saints podcast, Kurt Frankham. This had a, um, it was uh, discussed in, Context in the context of a religious leadership, uh, people who are leaders in a religious context, and I think it applies to any kind of leader. The law of the lid. This is something that comes from John Maxwell, who is a, a leadership. Um, I don't know if I'd call him a a, a guru. Maybe <laughs> he's got some tremendous ideas. And so I just I'm, I don't I have not dug. Really deep into this, I'm not. I absolutely not an expert, but I'm thinking about this as it relates to our interactions with the boss from hell, uh, specifically what we're talking about on this podcast. So I just googled the law of the lid, and I've got some things that I want to just throw out there. (laughs) And so here we are. The law of the lid. Maxwell defines the law of the lid by saying leadership ability is the lid that determines a person's level of effectiveness. So I think of a lid. When I th- think of a lid, I think about a cover for like a pot. And that really is a, a, an effective way to think about it. That cover <laughs> stops things from going above the, the threshold or the, the sides of that pot. So the leadership lid that any individual has, you and me and the boss and everybody else, the leadership lid is going to prevent anybody, anything from exceeding that threshold. So as an example, the higher an individual's ability to lead is, the higher the potential of the group that he or she is leading. And one example that is just listed is that if your leadership rates an eight, then your effectiveness can never be greater than a seven you can't lead people above your own effectiveness if your leadership is a 4 you're not going to be able to lead people above a 3 now i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i agree with that completely but i do know based on things i've experienced based on things i've i've observed there is i believe evidence that a person in a leadership position, and I I hesitate to call them a leader all the time because there is absolutely a difference between a boss and a leader, a boss uh, or a manager and a leader. uh, And that's something that maybe we'll talk about in a future episode. But if you have a boss who constrains you, who does not allow you to work towards, to develop, to uh, attain your own potential, then that I think is an example of the law of the lid in effect. So as an example, let's just suppose that I am, (laughs) we'll just imagine, we'll just pretend that I'm really good at uh, motivating people. And my boss let 's just suppose this is not based on fact i 'm just using an example but let 's just say that my boss is not good at motivating people. I may get directives, I may get feedback I may get um, have expectations set that limits how I motivate people i 'll give you an example. This is uh, from many, many years ago. I had a responsibility in my in my job to get a certain number of people signed up, scheduled for a, a shift, a non-traditional, non-normal, this was not part of our regular assignment, shift to cover some needs in the operation. And so I did. I The way that I did that was I asked for volunteers. Super easy. Rather than going down a list and saying, okay, you're low seniority, you get it, you get it, you get it. I had, at the time, I had a certain number of people who wanted to work the extra shifts. They wanted the hours. I had several other people who did not want the extra hours. They did not want the extra shifts. My style, (laughs) my opinion, is why should I force somebody to work a shift that they don't want when I have somebody who wants it? So I had my assignment. I had I had my volunteers set, and everything was good. Well, the boss came back to me and said, you need uh, some number more. I don't remember if it was one more or two more or whatever. He said, I need you to mandate, go based on seniority, reverse seniority, early or youngest uh, seniority, most recent hire is low seniority. That person gets required. The mandate, uh, the word mandate is a word that... that they (laughs) seem to love. We're going to mandate. We're going to mandate this person. We're going to mandate this group. We're going to mandate this shift. We're going to mandate. I hate the word. I hate the word. I will never use it. So if you, um, work for me, shout out to David, two weeks in a row. Look at that. (laughs) So if you work for me, you may notice that I have never mandated anything. I've never said the word you are mandated to work a specific shift I will tell you that you're assigned to work a shift or that your schedule is that you're going to work a certain uh, shift, but I'm not going to use the word mandate. I don't like it. I don't think that it's effective. So back to the boss. So my boss told me I had to mandate a certain number of people and he told me who I was going to mandate. Okay. That's not how I'm going to play. That's, I, I don't like, I don't, I don't like it. I, that's, that's not how I'm going to do things. So we had a discussion. It was a very lengthy um, and <laughs> filled with some frustration, probably on both sides, where I told him, I'm not going to mandate. I will get the people that you need, but I am not going to mandate. And so as an example, I go to somebody and I, he had not volunteered. This was somebody who had not already volunteered. And I went to him and I said, hey, I know... that this element of the job that you would be doing on this undesirable shift is something you want to get some experience with. If you come in and work this extra shift, I can pretty much guarantee you're going to get experience with what you want. Plus some of the other benefits, it's an extra shift. So you get some, uh, I think it was overtime, time and a half. There may have been some uh, extra bonus pay. Plus you get these other perks. His response was, yeah, that sounds good. I'll go ahead and do that. So I got the volunteers, quote, volunteers, but I didn't mandate. So my whole point in telling that story is that there may be a situation with a a boss who, because of his or her own leadership limitations, will direct how you do things that will limit your effectiveness. And so... One of the things I'm I'm trying to c- capture for myself is, is if I have not developed to a skill level of seven or eight or nine or whatever, is there a way that I can lead so that people can exceed that? And I think that there are some techniques that will work, but it requires me getting out of the way and allowing people to work towards their own potential rather than having people work towards my potential. So having said that, let me kind of um, summarize the law of the lid. I think the thing that's important as you interact with not just the boss, but as you interact in your own role, f- look at ways that you are limiting success, whether it's your team, whether it's your peers, it, maybe it's your boss. How are you the lid on your operation? How are you limiting the effectiveness? Um, we've talked, it's it's in the Bad Boss book, the Surviving the Boss from Hell book. I spent some time talking about uh, micromanagers. And this absolutely is true of micromanagers, that uh, many times the micromanager is going to tell you not just what to do but how to do it, and that is I think that's evidence of or that 's a display of the lid of that person's of the boss's um, leadership limits so how do you how do you deal with that that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know that I have an answer, but let's consider a couple of things. Number one, uh, a lot of this requires communication. Uh, We've talked in the past about how a lot of times we get frustrated because the boss isn't behaving the way that we imagined that he or she should, but we've not had the conversation to say, hey, this isn't working for me. So number one, talk. Talk to the boss. Explain, hey, I'm feeling restricted. I'm feeling limited. I'm feeling constrained because you're telling me that I have to whatever, not just do this thing, but I have to do it in this specific way. And, and negotiate. Maybe negotiate's not the right word, but have the conversation. How critical is it that I take the same footsteps that you have taken? Or that you have dictated. Is it more important for me to follow the exact step by step, or is it more important that I accomplish some result? So that's one thing. Have the conversation, uh, and then have the have the understanding. What are the expectations? A um, second thing is kind of expand as you have the conversation. Expand not just the the one task, but here's where I'm feeling. Um, uh, restricted. I'm feeling limited. I'm feeling constrained because that's not my style. My style is A, and you want me to do X. And it's just awkward or it's uncomfortable or it just doesn't fit my personality. And then find ways that you can uh, work towards accomplishing what it is that you want to or need to accomplish meeting the expectations that the boss has without you having the limits on, on your own effectiveness. So two things, I don't know if there's anything else that I want to add to that, but two things, number one, where are you the lid? If you're not the lid, <laughs> I'm going to suggest, yes, you are at some point at in some, area some level you are the lid even if you don't have team members who work for you you are the lid because of uh it could be a variety of things the way this is the way we've always done it that's a lid where you're not even considering other options you're just going through the the same motions that you and everybody else has gone through before So open up your eyes to that. Where are you, the lid? Where are you constraining things? Where are you limiting things? And number two, negotiate, uh, work with, negotiate, I don't know if that's the right connotation or not, but work with the boss to figure out how you can use your own natural gifts, strengths, talents that may be, that may exceed the boss's lid so that you can, so that you can exceed what your current performance is. Where, where are you able to find new ways to, to break through that lid? Break through the lid that the boss has. So not as a criticism of the boss, but your boss has strengths that you don't have, probably. You, by the same token, have strengths, probably that the boss doesn't have. And so find ways that you can exercise those strengths without, uh, it's not a threat to the boss, and maybe that's something that that you'll need to reinforce. You're not trying to threaten. (laughs) You're not trying to disparage. You're not trying to discourage. You're just trying to exercise your own personal, natural talents. So find ways that you can use your gifts, your... Um, strengths to get the job done, and frankly, as you use your own gifts, as you do things that are that you're naturally talented at, the job gets a lot more fun, and <laughs> even working with the boss from hell gets to be a little bit more manageable because you're leaning into the natural gifts that you have. So that's what I that's what I have for you this week. I don't know that I have uh, an idea yet on what we're talking about next week you're just going to have to show up and find out thanks for listening this has been fun thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bad Boss Podcast we hope you found it helpful and inspiring remember that relationships are a work in progress and making mistakes is normal and if you want to have a better experience with your own bad boss I'd love to chat reach out to me at ken at kenwilliamscoaching.com or check out the link in the show notes Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with others who might benefit. And until next time, don't forget to spread untoxic positivity everywhere.